This is Lampshade Media Presents Live! Welcome to Lampshade Media Presents Live! All right, all right. Another sold-out show. Thank you guys so much for coming out. This is fucking great. I love you all. I have some announcements to make. First and foremost, our sponsor, The Garden. You guys know The Garden? All right, our sponsor, The Garden, gave us so much this time, so many gifts, that we actually had enough for a gift bag for our the last person to buy a ticket. I was like, I just really wanted to sell it out. So I'm like, all right, all right, we got one ticket left. Who wants it? Garden gift bag. And Andrew, you want it. So come on up. Come on up, man. You're gonna gonna unbox it for us? Uh, While he's getting ready to do this, The Garden actually has a podcast produced by Lampshade Media called Sex One Four. So anywhere you get podcasts, check that out. You got you, what'd you get there? Uh, It's a very small paddle. I'll answer the question. Got a very small paddle that can go on your key ring and let everybody know that you're freaky. Show show the people, show the people. We got a beautiful, beautiful purple small spanker. We got got a very comfortable uh, and flexible cock ring from the garden. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, and we got some earphones. I'm assuming that's for listening to porn privately. In any case, thank you, Andrew. You've been to a lot of shows. All right. right. Say hi to Andrew later. All right. So, yeah, so check out Sex 14. That's a Lampshade Media produced podcast uh, by the folks at the Garden, and it's been a lot of fun, and I've learned a lot about sex. I'm not going to lie. I'm listening. I'm like, whoa. I'm actually, like, seriously, seriously considering a prostate massager, and that's not a joke. So anyway, uh, Platform is another sponsor. You guys have been drinking the beer. How do you feel about it? Yeah, yeah. I want to just thank Platform. They're like really, really supportive of what we're doing. Good times, good people, and they do support the local comedy scene. Um, I also want to give a quick shout out uh, to Ben Lux. He hooked up some pizzas. Donato's gave us a great discount. Uh, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's wanting to help out what we're doing, and I really appreciate that. I want to thank uh, Catherine Lindsay for taking photos tonight. She's a badass. Check her out on Facebook. It's Catherine Lindsay Photography. And we got Jeff Myers of the band Good Reverend taking some video tonight. Uh, we're getting all the comics com- uh, reels that they can use to get shows and stuff. Jeff is hooking that up, and I'm really excited about it. Good Reverend has new music coming out this year. Check it out. It might be out in fall, maybe, but it'll be out this year. So be listening to Good Reverend. Check them out on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you find music. And speaking of musicians, our guest host this evening, very excited about this. Uh, Electro Cult Circus is a band that has been playing. I actually had them on an old podcast I did when I talked to musicians. These guys are badass, and they usually have a very interactive show with a lot of, lot of shit going on. It really is a circus. They're a lot of fun. Uh, they have uh, a, an album just dropped recently, Mystery Box. So you can hit that up on uh, iTunes, I believe, and uh, Spotify, and uh, check that out. You can go to their shows and buy the record. 
Look it up. Mystery Box by Electro Cult Circus. Without further ado, I'd like to bring up your guest host of the evening. Come on up, Casey. Yeah. Casey, uh, would you like to take take part in our opening tradition of the show? Uh, I don't I don't need condoms anymore. I'm married. Well, you know, um, Some I can still use one. Here. I'm not gonna. You're these, right. These aren't all for you. Oh, oh, I see. So what happens? <laughs> what happens here? We just got some uh, freebies here. You guys be safe tonight. Use, use these. Oh, you just throw them out. We got the... some lube. <laughs> all right. Yeah, this I'll lube. take the lube. This lube is lube? salted caramel. You can totally eat this. Uh, all right. I don't believe you. Yeah, get some of that. All right. <laughs> what? What? Who hasn't gotten any? Back that in the corner there. Right there. It's a bunch of. Thank you. Anyway, yeah, carry on, Casey. Thank you, Mel. My name is Casey Oddfellow Ward. Um, I will only be funny on accident because I am a musician, thankfully, and I don't have to be funny. <laughs> We're going to bring up our first funny person. Uh, his name's Rory Eustace. guys doing I've never had people on the right of me this is gonna be weird I might forget about you <laughs> I'm sorry if I do yeah a uh, little bit about myself um, yeah no I, I grew up in Cleveland was here for five years and I moved back to Cleveland because of money and uh, yeah Cleveland's weird yeah uh, river caught on fire a few times <laughs> the one thing that's supposed to hmm it's, there's no amount of time that's long enough for the thing that's supposed to put fire out to be on fire. Just saying. Uh, I was raised there. I was also I was raised Catholic, which is why I'm now an atheist. And uh, yeah, that it's like <laughs> the religious form of veganism. We just keep telling you about it. And uh, and as a as a re <laughs> As a retired Catholic, uh, over the holidays, I was like, I guess I gotta get back in. I gotta get back in God's good graces, right? I gotta get back into it. And uh, so I've been watching The Exorcist, and because um, what else drives Catholics back to their faith like demons? I mean, <laughs> truly, it's what it's for. And honestly, great movie. Uh, just gonna say, I think the mom may have overreacted a little bit. Yes, your daughter's in incredible pain. Her soul is being like tortured through hell. But think of the book deals. Think of like the movie rights you get to sell after this. Think of like the TED talk she gets to have in 15 years if she survives. I'd do it. I, I would be possessed in a second. If you came and said, hey, Rory, uh, I'm going to take your soul and I'm just going to drive around your body for a little bit. Fuck it. Go. I don't care. I have to go on autopilot. Sure. Sign me up. Yeah, I have to explain why that priest is dead now. <laughs> At least I got my steps in. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it. Oh. Haven't hit my steps in a while. Uh, that's a condom. All right. Um, anyone got a fetish? Oh. Oh. Uh, silence is not a fetish. Just so you know. It's not recognized by the dictionary yet. Uh, my boyfriend's got a fetish, and he's into something called pup play. And if you don't know what pups, uh, pup play is, is when you act like a dog and you dress like a dog, but you also fuck like a dog. 
And there's downsides too, right? Um, can't go to the dog park, that's done. <laughs> My rent went up because he's an aggressive breed. <laughs> and he can't do that thing where he, I, I still have to lick his own ass for him, okay? It's a problem. <laughs> I'm kidding, <laughs> I don't have a boyfriend anymore. <laughs> I haven't had one. We, we uh, split up over creative differences of the word monogamy. Um, and uh, the definition of sex work, which I didn't know was up for sale. Like, I had no idea that, that was debatable. Uh, I should have known. There's always red flags when someone's in the sex work, right? Like, I would think. I mean, I should have known when he had uh, his PayPal account as a tramp stamp. <laughs> a QR code right in the ass cheeks. Just for expeditious means. But I'm single now, so that's good. That was ironic. It's not. Um, being single is terrible. And being single and gay is very terrible because less than 10% of the population is gay, right? Or of within that community. And I enjoy less than 1% of the people I talk to. So the odds aren't good. Uh, so I've tried to get out there. I've tried to do the Tinder thing, grinder which is just like a meat shop for you straight people, if you don't understand that. So you pick your deli meats, it doesn't matter. Um, so I joined Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu so I could roll around on the mat with men. And yeah, get in shape too. But uh, I just wanted to like feign that intimacy again, you know, just get that body contact, get a little choked sometimes. <laughs> and the way you win is to make the other person submit. So I lost a lot. <laughs> I lost all the time. But then it turns out I would win because when you get a boner, when you're being tackled, you suddenly they're done. <laughs> you can only call them daddy so many times before they're like, I'm, I can't, can't do it. <laughs> We're in robes, I can't, no. This isn't, it doesn't, no, all right. And I know, and I know if you're like a straight person, you got like gay friends at work or whatever, if you know someone at your church, please don't. But if you're like, oh, they would be great together, don't. I, I don't care. I'm not going to like them, probably. Uh, I probably have already seen their penis and grinder. <laughs> Check that box, so that's fine. Uh, the other thing, too, is that like people think that just because I'm gay, I know everyone else who's gay, which is kind of frustrating, right? And I had a coworker once who she was like across the aisle from me. She wasn't that far, but she like rang me on my phone to come over, which was really weird. So I already knew, I was like, what is going on? She can't just yell it at me? She's like, I need you to come over here. I want to know if you know this person. I go over, picture of a drag queen. <laughs> and I didn't know who it was, which is not the point. <laughs> and I only knew them because I got in a fight with them at brunch. And I know I'm all the stereotypes right now. <laughs> and I got in a fight with them. And I, this happens a lot. I don't have a lot of gay friends because I just can't fucking do it. Okay, I can't do the stereotypes. I don't care about Britney Spears. I don't care about Lady Gaga or whatever. Like, I don't, she's not an icon. She's not a gay icon. You can argue with me all you want. You have to be the thing that you're an icon of. And Lady Gaga's not gay, right? Right? Unless I checked, right? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> she's not a gay icon. Don't fuck this up for me. <laughs> she's not a gay icon. Uh, like, I... I donate to the NAACP. I'm not a black icon. No? Right? Right? Okay. Jeffrey Epstein bought those children. He is not a child icon. 
The only exception is Michael Jackson. And I don't know which way that goes. Because he was and he wasn't, but he did the... Th he is in the... I don't know. It's fine. I had to explain. <laughs> I Because I don't, like, scream gay all the time. I don't have, like... I don't know what screams gay, but apparently I'm not it. Because I dress like a Midwestern lesbian. <laughs> and I drive a Subaru, so it's two for two. <laughs> They're good cars. Good for going to Lowe's. And, uh... That's a shame. Um, I have to explain to people what certain gay terms mean. And it's not like I came out and in the mail came the encyclopedia of gay. Like, I didn't get a book that explains it to me, so I don't have all the answers. Yet people still assume. Like my dad, this is not about my dad, but my friend, <laughs> you'll understand, my friend uh, was like, is there like, because women, they talk about like, oh, they got, you know, men want to go get the pussy or whatever. And there's like, is there a thing for gays? I'm like, yeah, it's called a bussy. It's a boy pussy. And they're like, oh, I'm like, I know. It sounds like, <laughs> I know, it sounds like an Italian, Italian dried meat. Like, you can't even say it without saying it. Bussy. It sounds Italian. There's no way around it. I don't like it. I mean, I do, I don't like the word. It's fine. I, uh, I've had to become the gay ambassador for my family. Um, not because I'm the only one who's gay. I'm the only one who's approachable. A uh, bunch of other ones, we don't talk to them. And uh, my dad, bless his heart, he tries. He tries to get on board. He's read a little bit. He's clicked on some wrong links before. <laughs> and, and he's a special ed teacher, so he like really tries to like understand as best he can. And he came home one day and he had this book, and it was just a book of, a pictures, of pictures of animals, and simply just had the names of the animals underneath it, which is, you know, that's the point. It's a very simple animal name, right? And he had just apparently found out about what the gay animal kingdom is, which if you don't know, there's like bears, which are larger men who have some weight on them. They're a little hairy. You got wolves who are a little bit smaller. Otters are even thinner, and they have twinks or fuck those, but like, and there's like hawks and there's chickens. There's a whole slew of animals. And so my dad comes home with this book of just animals and goes, which one are you? I'm like, I don't know. Wh which one's tired? Sloth? I'll take that. I don't like get out here and choose anything. You know, whatever's slowly making its way towards food, that's all I'm going to do. I had to explain to my eight-year-old cousin where gay people came from uh, because she's from Cleveland, Tennessee, and, right. <laughs> yep, Tennessee. And uh, I, she's eight, I'm five white claws deep, it's Thanksgiving. Very typical for my family. And she goes, Rory, where do all the gay people come from? I'm like, all right, fine. I explained it to her the same way that we all learned, right? That when a daddy bear and a baby otter fall deeply in love, <laughs> or are within 500 feet of each other on Grinder, something magical happens. I'm like, oh, they haven't taught you about, you don't know about the gay animal kingdom. Good thing I brought this flow chart. All the time, all the time. I just whip it out and just pull it down. Pull it down. This is the gay animal kingdom, also known as a pride. 
and you can see that the otters are very closely related to the bears and they're in the furry category not those types of furries we'll get to those <laughs> and then you over here you have the chickens and you got whatever the hell the hawk is i think that's an ostrich and giraffes the tall ones i don't know and then you have you know the otters between the bears and they're closely related to the twinks and we all know the twinks are just they just yes queen those that's what the twinks are and they're all they're all born in target for some reason <laughs> like they just like more like all the makeup just comes together and they just and they just there's a twink and then we let them out we let them out for their like gay rumspringa every june and they run around the city and they go to all the dance clubs they get painted with like makeup and they have all this glow shit on them this black lights just doing, doing the whole time and that's called zoo lights <laughs> she uh, did not know what I was talking about because she was eight and I think I was talking at the dog at that point it's fine gonna get off that stuff for a hot minute no probably not uh, anyone else like to do something where they drink a lot and then they buy things on Amazon and they forget that they bought them yes. what did you buy I don't remember Google Home. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Anyone else? Right. <laughs> no, I mean, I was hoping for like... Table legs. Table legs, but no table? So you just have the legs <laughs> and not the thing that the legs go under. Correct. All right. Did you, ha did you need them? Okay. <laughs> I too enjoy legs by themselves. <laughs> Such abstract art. I, uh... I bought something four years ago now uh, that was a tank top that was four sizes too small that said I would bottom for Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I am not a bottom. And we fucked that one up. Gonna have to do better. Oh, bottom for Bernie. That's fine. Do that all day, all day long. I never, I guess I'm in the Jews. I have no idea. He would treat you so fairly in bed. Ugh. No, that's not my thing. I have not an eight. I don't know. Doesn't matter. How we doing? Good. Cool. All right. I actually didn't. I don't know why I expected a response. I, oh, doesn't matter. Uh, anyone ever work in retail before? Yeah. Oof. What was the worst place any of y'all worked at? What the hell is Anderson's? The Anderson's General Store that closed a couple years ago? Nope. No, oh, they closed four years ago. Oh. Oh. Gotcha. I worked at, not the cut, well, it's my store. I cut, <laughs> <laughs> I worked at a place called H.H. Gregg. Mm-hmm. Mm Where you could go in and you could, like, haggle with people. Fuck that. No. <laughs> no, we just lied to people. <laughs> That's what we did. That's all the whole, why the whole business went under. But I was there one day, and we had like gotten to the point where most businesses go where they just start selling everything possible. Like at first it was like TVs, and it was like washers and dryers too, and there was like couches, and then it was like baby things. I'm like what the fuck are we choosing here? <laughs> and one day this woman walked in. It was like closing time, and I was building a sofa because we had the build sofa with the legs as well. <laughs> and uh, this woman walks in, and just by the way she walked, I'm like, that is a valley girl. This is going to be a problem because we live in Cleveland. This doesn't make sense. 
And she's coming in and she is, it is December and she is tan. And like she has gone to the tanning bed tan twice a day. And that's not the only thing. She has a gold pyramid on her head. And not like a full one. It is lined with gold, has diamonds encrusted in it. And she is wearing it like, it's a pyramid on her head. I don't know how else to explain it. And so she comes in and my coworkers are like, well, she's not going to buy anything. Like, she's clearly just here to browse. I'm like, she bought that. <laughs> that is thousands of dollars of bullshit. I can sell her anything here. So I go up to her. And I'm like, what do you want, ma'am? <laughs> I didn't last long there. And she's like, well, I really want to get like a 3D television. Because they said if you buy a 3D television, it makes you really smart. I'm like, uh-huh. There's a lot of things we can sell you with that in case you need it. And she goes, well, I'm going to need like a stand, a bunch of other things. I'm like, cool. So I add all this shit she doesn't need up into her cart. And we go to check out. And she's like, I want you to know that you know how you only use like 10% of your brain? This helps me use like 15 at most. And I'm like, did you just say at most? <laughs> Did you just limit yourself to 15%, but you're at 10 without the gold pyramid? <laughs> Fine. All right. Add more shit up. And we put all this stuff and we put it into her crappy CRV. And she's about to go away and she goes, I just really hope this convinces the judge to let me have my kids back. I already did not give a fuck about this lady. But I had to know. I had to ask her, why did the judge take your kids away? What could possibly have caused him to think that it's a good idea? And she goes, well, I locked my youngest in the closet until he found Jesus in the pyramids. And I said, okay, how long did that take? She's like, oh, about like three hours. Three hours? I was in the closet for 18 years. I didn't find Jesus. I found, found porn. Some toys. And a love for brunch that I can't explain whatsoever. It's something called drag race. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, as a millennial, um, pretty depressed. Life's pretty weird. And uh, my office space <laughs> uh, used to be an elevator shaft, but they reformatted it and just there's three cubes in there now, which if you've ever been in an elevator, not large enough for three cubes, but they made it work, I guess. And so you go in there, there's no windows at all. So it's very depressing already. So I bought this like, they call them happy lamps, like sad lamps, right? They like emulate the sun. And the only plug was at my feet, so I put it down there and turned it on, and I was just, like, glowing for a good part of every day. And someone walks in, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm like a side quest in Skyrim right now. <laughs> like, I have to start leading people out to, like, tell them to go down to the boiler room and find, like, treasure or something. Shut down the whole hospital. I forgot the end of that joke. That's fine. <laughs> I'm white. That is the correct response to that statement and I'll tell you why uh, I'm not just white I am something called opal white yeah 
Uh, I found out because I went to Lowe's in the paint section and <laughs> just to check out the swatches to be like, what kind of privilege am I? And they uh, it lined up. It was not, you know, it's not just white. It's opal white, right? And it's right between the white for people who clap when planes land <laughs> and the, the white for people who wear socks with sandals. <laughs> and as an Irish Polish Catholic, all of the above. I clap when people do their basic jobs. I've been trying to be more progressive as like a privileged white dude. Like I try to lock my doors when a white woman walks by now. Very aggressively, like very like no JC pennies. If I see there's like a white woman and she's in line, her coupon is like nearly expired. <laughs> I'm calling the cops. I'm not that's like an Avenger level threat. And I try to ask like white dudes like a certain age be like where are you really from? Like really. But like really. Probably Germany? Yeah, Netherlands? No? Oh, you're Chinese. Okay. It's fine. Doesn't really matter. Are you the dog trainer? I am the dog trainer. How's that going? Lie to me. No, there's a lot of people with problems dogs. Well, there's a lot of people with problems, so Really? Like people have like tax problems and the dog suddenly can't pay its taxes? <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, my dog's super gay now. <laughs> she just humps other girl dogs, that's it. She wasn't like that when I got her. I'm like, fuck, where'd you get like that haircut from? I have no idea. I didn't know, I didn't buy you flannel. She's fine. She's very well accepted in her community. <laughs> She's gonna open her own bar at some point. It's perfectly fine. Uh, <laughs> I spent a lot of time on Facebook, um, mostly because I don't do work at work, right? So I'm just like looking at shit. And someone messaged me the other day, and it was just an image, which is in my head either it's gonna be a picture of an animal or it's a dick, one or the other. Hopefully not both. And fine. <laughs> what it was, and the caption underneath it was, I found these in a bunch of books I was buying for college. And what they were, were golden coupons that said, redeemable for sex at any time, no expiration, only for use on Rory Eustace. <laughs> there were three in the photo. And I said, where did you find these? He goes, yeah, I was buying some books. Uh, I bought a couple of them. They happened to be in them. And I just started to like reach out and tell you. Like, how many did you buy that they were in there? He's like, oh, a couple of them. Please define. I know, like five. Five. It's like five books with sex coupons for me in there. <laughs> and I remembered that these were coupons that my boyfriend from college gave me that when we broke up and he didn't want to deal with me anymore because I'm clearly not fucking sane, he just put them in the book and donated them. And so all throughout central Ohio are books with coupons. That means you can come and fuck me whenever you want. <laughs> I'm like the gay Willy Wonka now. Jesus Christ, how many German, German boys have to die in my fudge hole at this point? <laughs> Wasn't it Augustus Gloop that went up the fudge pipe? Uh, no. Yeah, it's stuck. That sucks. 
I can't get rid of I, I have to find them and destroy them because it's getting in the way of my life. I've been pulled out of three meetings so far to satisfy those things. <laughs> I'm like, is that a circus in town? I'm like, no, it's just fucking Oompa Loompas. We just got to deal with it. They'll be the table I lay on. It's fine. I got weird. Kind of dark. Nah, it's fine. All right, got a few more for you. I love silence. No, I really do. I really do. I love silence during comedy bits because that means I'm in control. And y'all gotta just wait. Hey, Sam. Hey. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I'll give you guys a few more. Um, I went out to lunch with my coworker recently. And his name is Carl. Carl's from Kentucky, and you can tell. And we're on our way back from lunch, and he's, he's in the passenger seat. I'm driving back, right? And he's on his phone, but he's looking at Facebook on his phone, which is pretty normal. I do that all the time. But he's looking at my Facebook, which is kind of weird, right? Like, at least wait till I'm out of the car to, like, look me up if I'm a serial killer or not. And we're walking back into the building, and he looks at it, and he stops dead in his tracks. He looks at his phone looks back at me, looks back at his phone, and he goes, Rory, are you a, are you a gay? I said, yeah, Carl, I'm a gay. One of the gays. He goes, wow, I've never had a gay friend before. Still don't. <laughs> this is not Pokemon Go for gay people. You don't just like, got ya. <laughs> he invited me over for like, dinner with his wife after that. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> Weird. I still ain't like straight people either, I guess. <laughs> There's a few people, uh, like I eventually got around to telling my family that I'm gay. They kind of figured it out after the first few boyfriends. And <laughs> there was hope for the f after the first two. They're like, mm, maybe he's bi. Like, no. <laughs> all dick all the time. And, uh, I should have told my doctor, but I didn't. And I thought I had a hemorrhoid. And so I had to go in and be like, Doc, something back here ain't going right. And he's like, all right, well, if we're going to check it out, you got to like bend over and like assume the position. I'm like, yes, I've been to Catholic school. We can do this. <laughs> my story. And <laughs> so I'm bent over and he's like, all right, Mr. Eustace, I'm going to put on some industrial lube and we're going to just get this figured out. I'm like, cool, got it. He's like, it might hurt a bit. I'm like, can we? Can you just get in? And then we'll deal with the rest later. And so he's like, all right. And he just goes in, and he comes right back out. And he goes, uh, Mr. Eustace, are you a homosexual by chance? I said, yeah. How could you tell? It's like, uh, you didn't flinch, and you backed into it. <laughs> now, I don't know what animal that is in the animal kingdom. But I guess I'm a top now. Or maybe not. Doesn't matter. But that has been my time. Bring back to the stage. Casey. Let's hear it one more time for Rory Eustace, everybody. Uh, now that was some good crowd work, wasn't it? He did it right. Before we announce the next comedian, Think of some good questions right now for the uh, Q&A at the end. 
the garden is going to be giving out prizes. Uh, but coming up next, we have Natalie Berkey, and she's the co-host of An Evening with the Berkeys every first Friday at Cafe Kerouac. So put your hands together for Natalie Berkey. I don't know about you guys, but is there anything more terrifying than going to the bathroom during a comedy show? And like, <laughs> especially at a house party, cause like it's just in the hallway right there. Like I had to wait to fart until there was an applause break. <laughs> I, don't worry, I'm not gonna listen to you while you pee, I promise. <laughs> no, um, I'm so excited to see everyone here tonight. Um, yeah, hell yeah. Give it up for yourselves. Yeah. You all look wonderful. Um, I'm excited to be out. I'm still celebrating. I'm probably never going to stop celebrating this, but I just recently graduated college. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would love to share with you guys a little bit of the four years of being an um, environmental science major that I've learned. Um, first is that aspiring park rangers are even more terrifying than real park rangers. <laughs> And uh, second is that bros exist on all planes of the universe. Yes, I would like to present to you the bird watching bro. They are delightful. I know you look puzzled, but they exist. And then um, probably my favorite is that when two birds have sex, it's called a cloacal kiss. You know, really romantic and passionate. Just one all-purpose hole mashing up against another all-purpose hole. Unless you're a duck, and then it's your classic, like, violent corkscrew penis sex. <laughs> and that's it, you guys. That is all that four of the most trying years and $40,000 taught me. <laughs> I have a mediocre knowledge of bird sex. <laughs> Not even bird law. Maybe that's just for me and a couple people that watch It's Always Sunny. <laughs> so, um... I, uh, I have something to admit, and this is a nice intimate setting, so I, I feel comfortable doing it. I'm gonna go ahead and let you guys know this. You guys, I am really bad at giving blowjobs. <laughs> like, really bad. <laughs> like, dry mouth, like teeth scraping, bad. I'm not gonna lie, I, I don't know what I'm doing with a dick at all, all right? I get one of those little fellas in my hand. <laughs> and I just start winging him around. <laughs> it's like it's a golden retriever's tail, and it just saw that its owner returned from Afghanistan, you know? Like slamming into the coffee table in the chair leg. So, um, believe it or not, I, uh, I get kind of pissed off when I talk to people about their sex life, and they like to refer to it as making love. That's fucking gross, don't ever be that person. And I, th I think it's because the closest thing I could refer to making love is what my husband and I do, would be with the term rutting. That's right, you guys, we rut, like hogs. We lie lifeless side by side in bed until one of us gets the motivation to flop onto the other. And then there's this quick, vigorous motion until we both pass out in our own feces. <laughs> I'm just kidding, you guys. Feces are for special occasions. But seriously, the most human part of our copulation occurs when my husband takes his simian hand and uses it to slip on a rubber because we don't want to make that fucking mistake again. <laughs> oh, which is my adorable way of saying I'm a mother. 
they let anyone be a mom. Isn't that crazy? Here I am. And you know, they don't tell you when you have a baby, like all these hormones are gonna be released, you're gonna feel all these crazy things. Like the bond is unreal. Like when I'm away from my son for more than a couple hours, it is physically painful unless I'm drinking. <laughs> and then it's like, fuck the baby. Mama's having fun tonight. <laughs> it is unfortunately a lot of nights. Um, <laughs> so my, uh, my baby's not really a baby anymore. He's four now. And even though I like to call this baby Wade, I don't think I can anymore. So I've been trying to lose weight, you guys. And like, I think that my weight loss expectations are pretty realistic. Um, I simply want to look fuckable while intoxicated. Right? It's reasonable. Like, fuck a thigh gap. I'm just trying to reestablish my knee gap. I really want to be able to get out of the shower and wrap a normal-sized towel around myself, like, all the way, instead of an extra-large towel. Like, fucking privilege. <laughs> I, I feel like my arms are the arms of a medieval baker who, like, hates children, and I just go <laughs> running down the street, like, chasing after children with a rolling pin. Does anyone else ever feel like this? Yeah, I think I go to the Renfest too much. <laughs> so um, I'd like to share a couple, a couple things I've learned since becoming a mom with you. Um, I think this is probably the biggest one. And it's why moms drive minivans so recklessly. <laughs> it's kind of like the Jeep wave. Have you guys heard of the Jeep wave? Okay, some people. So basically, if you have a Jeep and you're driving along, you see someone else has a Jeep, you have to wave at each other and you're like, hey, I'm driving a Jeep, you're driving a Jeep. We both really used to like Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's like that, except you're a parent and you're driving your minivan and all of a sudden you lock eyes with another mom and you can just like hear the echoes of children screaming in your ears and you can just feel their little kicks on the back of your seat and you think, you know what? Maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing if I careened off the side of the road right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> they are marvelous. Um, in fact, my son, um, he cracks me up. Um, every now and then I take him downtown, he has to go to my show, and he has to go watch mommy do comedy. And um, we were on the freeway getting off, and there was a homeless man asking for money. And he looked at me and he's like, mommy, why is that man like yelling at us? And I said, oh, it's okay, Rio. He's just asking for money. And he said, well, we need money. Why, why aren't we asking for money? So the whole way to the show, he just kept telling me, mommy, mommy, pull over, we gotta ask for money. <laughs> so he's got it right. I think I'm done. I think I've done everything I can. <laughs> no, I, um, I'm not gonna lie. I, I was getting ready for work the other day and I watched as my husband dressed my son for school in Minions character PJs for school as an outfit, like for the whole day. And it just slowly dawned on me that I had married trash. <laughs> There's no coming back from that. I, I think about getting a divorce a lot. Um, it's not because I don't love him. I love him so much. In fact, I love my husband so much that this would be a gift for both of us because I don't think either of us can handle full-time custody of a toddler. <laughs> Need a fucking break, 50-50. Um, God, this is weird. This is not, there's no segue into this. Um, no biggie, uh, no biggie, but you guys ever go down on a girl when she's on her period? And you like don't realize until several hours later when you show up at a bar looking like the trashiest clown that ever crawled out of a sewer grate? <laughs> yeah, me either, that's fucking weird. <laughs>
So I try not to be gross. Um, I really, really do. Um, but I dare you, I dare you to find someone whose ass sweats as much as mine does. Like, I sit in a plastic booth in a dress and I have to like hide the fact that I left a pool of ass sweat just sitting there for the next person. Like, we are all just animals. And like animals, we release fear hormones and we just stink when we're freaked out. So when I'm scared, I smell like a burning, dried up river in Mexico and cumin. Yeah. So if you like tacos. Oh, man. Um, so I've talked a lot about my husband. So you're like, oh, she just talked about eating a girl out with lots of blood involved. Um, it's because I'm gay, you guys. I'm actually, um, I'm polyamorous and I'm gay. And um, I, you know, sometimes people wonder, like, how do you know you're a lesbian? And and this is probably why. This scenario happens a little too often, let me tell you. So my girlfriend and I are in our room, and her roommate can just hear us. And he just hears us going, oh my god, you're so fucking beautiful. Oh my god, why are you so fucking wonderful? I just want to rub you all over. You're so fucking amazing, god. And it's our dog, you know? <laughs> And it's just, lesbians really like dogs. <laughs> so obviously I'm gay. And um, I, uh, an ex of mine, she, uh, she really wanted to try strap-on sex. And she had never done it before. And I was like, babe, don't worry, I got you. So I went back and I got all strapped up. I came out and she laughed at me, you guys. I know. Because apparently all the cool gays now are using double-sided dildos and underwear harnesses. And I was like, whoa, babe. I want a dick on me, not in me. I want the confidence that comes with a man, whew, completely gone. But I would like to be able to rappel down the mount a mountainside and just know that I'm safe. <laughs> I want to strap that leather so tight that my thighs look like holiday hams. Now I'm gonna get um, a little grosser. Um, so have any of you guys seen The L Word? Yeah, it's a great show if you haven't. It's on Netflix now, and I think Showtime, they came back. But it's a scripted drama about the lives and loves of gorgeous ladies living in Los Angeles. And there's this one scene that my girlfriend and I found particularly sexy. In this scene, one of the characters, Carmen, is pissing on the toilet. Then Jenny comes up, straddles her, and pees between her legs. I know what you're all thinking. That sounds really hot. <laughs> But it is, it is, because they're grabbing each other's breasts and they're moaning. So naturally, we figured we had to try this sometime. <laughs> I can safely tell you that the worst time to attempt this is in the middle of an eight-hour road trip loaded up on Gatorade and coffee. <laughs> we rushed into the truck stop bathroom. She pulled her pants down, and I moved my dress to the side and climbed on top. We locked eyes, and we immediately realized two things. First, that we regretted this decision. And second, that there was no turning back. <laughs> I watched in horror as the urine pooled on her thighs and trickled all the way down to her feet. It was like a broken fire hydrant, like dousing both of us. <laughs> and though neither of us achieved orgasm, um, we did score some pretty cool I Heart Kentucky pajama pants. Because there's no worse feeling than knowing you are the most disgusting thing in a truck stop bathroom. <laughs> So um, I actually, I am 
just going to completely switch gears on you guys. Um, I'm a trauma survivor. And if any of you guys know what a trigger is, it's like it's something that just happens and it brings you back to something unpleasant. And I think that I have the trashiest trigger song in the world. You guys, my trigger song is Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> how about unfortunate? So I've, I've learned how to deal with it. Like, I've learned places to avoid. Like, I don't often go to baseball games, sixth grade dances, or tractor pulls. <laughs> and and I've, done, I've done pretty well. But I do, I do, God, sometimes I just wish that I had, like, been raped to something more moody, like Ed Sharon or Dashboard Confessional. You know, then I could really feel it when I heard the song. Instead, I get to think about being violated and then think about the absurdity of mudding. <laughs> Fucking weird, right? No, but thank you, Rednecks, for the, um, with an X, for the American anthem that we all really deserve. Cotton Eye Joe. Oh, boy. We made it through that. Um, now that you guys know me a little better, is it bad when someone passes on my attempts to hit on them? I, uh, I actually think better of them as a person. <laughs> it's like, good for you, man. <laughs> you dodged one hell of a bullet, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, for example, um, the first dick I ever saw was my father's. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's exactly the reactions there should be. Um, no, my, my dad was sick when I was in high school, and so I'd help take care of him. So I'd help feed and bathe him. And there was one time I was giving him a sponge bath, and I couldn't help but just, like, stare at it. Like, it was so small and limp and non-threatening. I don't know. It made me very ill-prepared for the first time I attempted to have sex. <laughs> I was with this cute little uh, skater boy, and we were in the basement um, on his bed, on the futon, just with the covers pulled up to our chins. Uh, Corn's Freak on the Leash softly played in the background. <laughs> he grabbed my hand and guided it down to his cock. I must have looked terrified because he asked me if everything was all right. And I said, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. And he said, well, don't you like it? And I said, no, no, it's great, it's great. It's just, I don't know, my dad's was so different. <laughs> so I didn't get laid. <laughs> And I never spoke to that kid again. <laughs> but I think I would make an excellent gold digger. A plus. Um, I think there's a lot of things that we should keep track of. And like I've learned the importance of journaling as I've gotten older. And I think one of the biggest things for me is that like the first time I did have sex, it was with a twin. And guys, for the life of me, I cannot remember which one it was. <laughs> So when my brothers came to me and asked me who they had to kill, I just took a 50-50 on the name. <laughs> Coin toss. Like, sometimes you just have to watch But I'm a Cheerleader to remember all those mistakes you made with greasy-haired girls. Just me. All right. <laughs> now, I think one of the hardest things about growing up, though, is that adults don't really believe in your career aspirations. Like, oh, you want to be an astronaut? That's fucking adorable. But, but see, I, I had something pretty realistic. I told my dad when I was nine that I wanted to be a writer. And he got really quiet and he looked at me and said, Natalie, you can't be a writer. You haven't had anything bad happen in your life. So I immediately started cutting myself. <laughs> but seriously, what the fuck kind of 
parent advice is that? I'm so sorry, Dad, that my life has been filled with memorable childhood moments. Maybe if I'd been mugged, I'd be a great poet. But after I'd burned through many therapists, my dad sat me down again. He said, you know what, Natalie? I was wrong. You would be a great writer. And guys, that's all the motivation I've needed. I've spent the last 20 years putting myself in so many questionable situations, doing so many fucked up things that I have completely forgotten to do any writing. <laughs> like, I wish I could get the bill collector to hang up on me as quickly as the suicide hotline. <laughs> I have, <laughs> oh, they really have that five minute limit though and they mean it. I have burned through so many crisis center volunteers. It's more than Australian fires have taken out marsupials at this point. I, I know, I know. It's okay guys, I'm an environmental scientist. I'm going to save all of us. I have terrified more well-meaning Christians than just the general idea of women's rights. <laughs> and you know, I, I, think that, I think that religion is weird. I know Rory talked about being a Catholic. And I think Catholicism is just, God, it's a lot. <laughs> and, and I have some friends. They are, they are so Catholic. Like, they, they're just building a little army. They're so Catholic, you guys, that they had a stillborn baby and they continue to raise him. <laughs> He's fucking doing great. You know what? He just, he's, he's a senior in high school right now. He just lettered in varsity. He's fucking killing it. All right, I'm gonna leave you guys with this. Um, another thing I hate, which I'm good at, I guess. Maybe I should try being optimistic, fuck. <laughs> so, I know that we're all on social media and we all want to talk about our love lives, but what I can't stand is everyone who's about to get married, they all say that they can't believe they get to marry their best friend. But it's like, what if I just want to marry the person who fucks me the best? <laughs> right? Or like, what if I never thought I would meet someone this rich who found me attractive? <laughs> So I think that we should all be a little bit more realistic before we post on Facebook and social media. Um, and I'm gonna give you an example. Feel free to take any pieces that are relevant to your life. Um, here, goes, here goes nothing. Um, I'm thrilled. Tomorrow I get to marry Tom, a man who makes me laugh, has decent credit, and he only hit me that one time. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Natalie Berkey, everybody. All right, guys, keep thinking up questions for the Q&A at the end. You get to get a spot on the podcast and uh, be up in the hot seat. And right now it's intermission. Ads. Hey, guys, it's Future Mel here. I have something to share with you. Uh, since the COVID-19 situation has turned the world upside down, we can't do live shows anymore. So I was racking my brain to come up with something, and a good friend of the show, Griffin Browning, he's been doing our poster work forever, came to the, me with this idea. So uh, what we're doing is called Frowning Browning, a game show with a bad attitude hosted by Griffin Browning. Play along with our panelists as they lie, cheat, and outwit their way to victory. If you're able to spot the truth, you might just walk away with some prizes. Coming soon to a stream near you. 
So keep your eyes peeled for that, and we look forward to having some fun with you in the future. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Hey, guys. Did you enjoy your uh, intermission? Coming up next is a guy I got to see a couple weeks ago for the first time, and I really thought he was funny, you know? So his name is uh, Luke Swisher, and he does a show with Dustin Meadows. It's Second Friday, um, and it's called Second Friday at Cafe Kerouac, and it's called Comedy Town. So put your hands together for Luke Swisher. Thank you for that lovely, warm welcome. You guys having a good night so far? Happy you're you happy happy you came out. Yeah. yeah, I'm happy I came out too. It's honestly it's good to be out uh, anywhere, quite frankly, for me. Because uh, I'll tell you, one of the things I recently did on a Saturday night was I got high and went to Walmart. <laughs> That's how I spent my Saturday. And the and the thing that was more pathetic than anything was it, it wasn't a spur of the moment thing. It's not like I got high and went all of a sudden like, oh shit, I need washcloths. No. I scheduled both those things earlier in the day. I was like, all right, well, 7.30, I'm going to need to go to Walmart. So 7.15, I'm going to get really fucking high, uh, which is just weird because no one schedules white trash behavior. There's no redneck out there that's like, oh, yeah, Jim Bob, uh, I'm going to need to check my PDA and see if I can hang out this week. See, no, Friday, I'm just getting blackout drunk on Natty Light. Uh... Saturday, I'm going to the gun show. Uh, Sunday, I'm going to the boat show, which, let's be honest, there will also be guns there. And then um, I'm booked up all next week. Uh, I'm just walking around making people of color feel feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to have to get back to you on that. My favorite part of that joke is that that guy would use the phrase people of color. I don't think that guy's that woke. Um... A little bit more about myself. You guys want to know my favorite sandwiches? Yes! See, I could tell you're on the edges of your goddamn seats. Uh, my favorite sandwich is the Son of Baconator sandwich from Wendy's. Not because of how it tastes, but because if the Baconator sandwich could find somebody to like settle down and have a kid with, there's got to be hope for me, right? I know I'm not a prize, but I'm prettier than a fucking Wendy's sandwich. Maybe not. I mean, we're you know we're all in Ohio and we're conditioned to find Wendy's burgers attractive. So maybe I'm. I do love fast food. I eat it way too much. I recently had Taco Bell and Arby's within the same 24-hour period. Uh, and if you if you're wondering what that does to the human body, I'll tell you. Uh, I defecated a minion. <laughs> That's what happens. I wasn't sure at first because the thing in the toilet was just yellow and had one eye, which is par for the course with most of my movements, but then my asshole got a cease and desist order from Universal Pictures for copyright infringement. So I was like, I gotta change some shit. That might also be why I have trouble with women. Uh, I have a new strategy though when it comes to dating women. H hear me out. So it's a, it's a, it's, I think it's foolproof. I don't think there's any way this can go wrong. First, I get interested in a woman. Right. Then I don't do anything about it. Then I get very, very sad. <laughs> don't worry though, because the final step is the perfect one because the final step is that years from now, I'll just die. <laughs> See, it can't go wrong. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not good with dating women. Like I know I'm not gonna be one of those guys that like 
dates women that are way too young for them when he's older because I'm not even 30 yet and if I see a bunch of like people in their early 20s out in the wild my first instinct is to run (laughs) and not because I'm scared of them but because I think at this point in my life running at top speed for five to ten minutes would still be less exhausting than trying to relate to a 20 year old (laughs) you know what I mean and that's on me that's not on them Uh, also if I did like hook up with a girl that was like 21 or 22 I know that I would keep interrupting the proceedings by trying to figure out what she was and wasn't aware of culturally. Not in like a, why the fuck doesn't Billie Eilish know who Van Halen is type of way. Not like that. But it would be like, oh yeah, that feels really good. But um, were you serious when you said you've never had a fruit by the foot before? How is that possible? <laughs> no, 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 hold up, hold up. I'll take your bra off if you can name me five raw grats. How about that? No, no, no. Stop trying to touch my dick and just answer my question. Have you been in the same room as a rotary phone before? (laughs) I have to ask that because if you don't know how to use a rotary phone, you're not going to be able to make me come. That's just how it works. It's like, but with my balls. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just not good. I feel like I'm I'm a better person to break up with than to actually date. I'll give you an example. Last year, I was, uh, I was seeing a woman for a few weeks, and it was really nice. Uh, we would like smoke pot together all the time, uh, which is clearly, that's what I'm into. Uh, but then she broke up with me because she said she had to spend more time on her career and her job. And uh, I believed her because denial is one of my many coping mechanisms. And uh, the only problem was like I got really bummed out, and I was like, man, I could really use some pot to smoke. And the only person I knew I could buy pot from was the girl that had just dumped me. So literally the next day I texted her and asked to buy pot from her. Yes, that is the correct, those awes and mouths agape, that is the correct response to that. And I literally showed up and I bought the pot and as I was leaving I was like, you know, sorry to bother you like this, I'm just uh, really bummed out right now. So basically, if you break up with me, within 24 hours you will get money and an ego boost. Be like, I'm so sad you broke up with me. Here's some money. Can I have drugs, please? <laughs> yeah. I'm just not. I'm just not good with date. Like one of my problems is, I can never tell when women are flirting with me, until like days, weeks, sometimes months after the fact. I'll be honest. So, for me, flirting is kind of like when you see a movie with a big twist at the end, and then you spend the rest of the movie thinking back to all the clues. That let that like you didn't realize meant the twist that happens. So for me, like it's like, oh yeah, Bruce Willis was dead the whole time, and I totally could have gotten a hand job from that girl in the Denny's parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Did not see that one coming. Here's a great example. I was once friends with this young lady all throughout college, and on literally the last day of college, she comes up to me and she's like, hey. How come we never hooked up? And my response is something on, along the lines of, <laughs> And the example she gave was insane because she, she, she talked about how like there was one night where we ran into each other in the middle of the night, as you do as college students, just like scrambling around trying to figure out your identity. And, and she had just gotten a pizza for herself. And you know we were talking and as we were parting ways, she goes, well, I guess I'll just have to go home and eat this pizza all by myself. Now, 
I'm both dumb and fat. So I just thought she was bragging. So instead of being like, all right, let's go back to your place. I was like, all right, fuck it. We get it. You have a pizza. I don't. Get out of here. Man, I wish I had my own pizza. Because I love pizza. I mean, you know, you know it's, like they, it's like they used to say, like, hey, man, pizza's just like sex. You can't go wrong. <laughs> and people don't say that anymore because it's 2020. We realize that, like, there's a big difference between sex and pizza. Like, pizza's still on a hot streak, but not all sex is good, right? It's not a one-to-one, -one, we realize. Like, no one's ever eaten a pizza and the next morning been like, oh, I can never let anybody I know know that I ate that pizza. No one's ever gone, no one's ever had to go to HR at their job and been like, uh, yeah, the boss, uh, he keeps asking me if I want to have a slice of pizza with him. And I'm uncomfortable. No one's ever eaten pizza a little bit too young. And now as time has passed, they're into really specific pizza that not everybody's into. And it's really hard to find somebody else to date who is okay with eating that type of pizza with you. Too dark? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Like I said, this, you know, this, the world keeps changing. The world's, world's always changing. Like, all these stores are closing now. Like, Elder Beerman closed within the last year and a half or whenever. I don't know. I wrote this joke a long time ago. Um, <laughs> but the Elder Beerman, it, it really bummed me out because I have so many amazing childhood memories of being bored as shit in that store while my mom shopped for clothes that were so terrible, Lane Bryant wouldn't even sell them. So it's really hurt me. The thing that amazes me about that is that of all the stores that have like closed or gone bankrupt or whatever, you know what's still going strong? Spencer's Gifts. How is that the dynamo that is still standing? How is that the bridge between boomers and millennials? A store that specializes in tacky decorations involving static electricity and greeting cards featuring people covering their genitals with Santa Claus hats. Like, that's insane to me. Unless, like, and I hope this isn't the case, but unless there's, like, still, like, a bunch of women who are embarrassed to buy vibrators, so they go to Spencer's and buy those back massagers. First off, you're not fooling anybody. No massager has that phallic of a look. And also, it's, again, it's 2020. Like, you could walk down the street just holding a giant, veiny, purple dildo in your hand. No one would bat an eye. They just walk by and be like, oh, dildo. <laughs> but if you walk down the street holding a Spencer's Gifts bag, everyone's going to stop you and be like, what the fuck did you buy there? Did you need a new lava lamp for your dorm room, you fucking dork? Jesus. But yeah, it's it's weird. I'm like, I'm getting, again, I'm not too old. Uh, I'm turning 29 soon, but I recently had a kind of, I guess, quarter-life crisis or whatever, and it was very harrowing for me. I don't know if any of you guys have experienced this, but um, I recently connected with a John Mellencamp song, you guys. <laughs> and that really hurt. Because I'm literally sitting there, and I'm just like, yeah, life does go long. 
long after the thrill of living is gone. Which is insane, because 30 seconds earlier in that song, he's talking about sucking on chili dogs. And suddenly I'm like, he's a prophet and a poet. I don't know, man. And I was just like, I was reeling. I was just like, what the fuck? And my parents saw this, because of course, they were the reason why I had to listen to Mellencamp. And they were like, what's, what's the matter? I'm just like, I just agreed with John fucking Mellencamp. And they said, watch your mouth. His name's John fucking Cougar fucking Mellencamp. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I have no beef with Johnny Coogs. I know that eventually we will all fall under the spell of Mellencamp. I get it. I just didn't think it would happen this soon for me. I thought it was like a natural thing that happens when you're 45. I thought you go in, you get your prostate examined, and on your way out, the doctor gives you a Mellencamp best of. And he's like, hey, sorry about those two fingers up there, but uh, hurt so good, am I right? Waka waka. <laughs> you, are, you are not nearly as funny as you think you are, doctor. But, you know, yeah, it's weird, it's weird. Like, I, like, I know I'm, like, I'm getting older and I'm, it, it, a lot of people are talking about wanting to have kids. I don't want to have kids, but I hope that like, my generation fixes some things about kids that older generation didn't like let's get rid of some of the names that have been used like rusty <laughs> what are we doing with that folks <laughs> why are you naming your kid after the thing that ruins metal i don't understand it it's a terrible name because eventually that kid's gonna grow up to be like some age and they're gonna be like hey dad Why'd you call me Rusty? First of all, son, your voice is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Secondly, let me tell you a tale. You know how sometimes you'll leave a shovel outside overnight and it rains and you can't use that shovel anymore? That's what you did to my hopes and dreams. Ooh, that really cut close for a lot of you guys, huh? We got any Rusties in the, in the room tonight? Show yourselves, cowards. That's weird. It could be worse. It could, like, it, you know, there could be worse parents to be. Like, I, I, I hate the thought of being the parents of, uh, like, the kid who had Clifford the Big Red Dog. That had to suck. Because first of all, let me just ask you guys something. I know Clifford the Big Red Dog's main thing was that he was big. That's his main brand. Why did nobody comment on the fact that there was a bright red dog? I don't know if you've seen dogs. They're not that color, naturally. So I would assume that if you're the, the parents of the kid that's like, I want that one, mommy. And it's like, sweetie, I think he's radioactive. Or he's like bathed in the blood of innocence. I don't know what's going on with that thing. We need to get it checked out. Then you get it checked out and you're like, okay, well... I mean, the fucking dog's healthy. I mean, what else could go wrong? Let's adopt it. And then six months later, you're like, fuck, we have to move to an island? I didn't sign up for this. All that trouble for a dog that is going to live to be like three and a half years old tops. I don't mean to bum anybody out. But what are the two things that don't live long? Dogs and things that are way bigger than they're supposed to be. 
Andre the Giant didn't die of old age. And also, <laughs> aww, that poor dog that doesn't exist in reality. He exists in here and in here. Also, who do you call to get rid of the remains? Who's the comptroller that has to deal with that shit? I have a feeling nobody's picking up those dog skeleton, that giant dog skeleton. Which means that at some point that kid must have come home and they're like, sweetie, we got good news and bad news. The good news is, no, the bad news is Clifford had to move to a big red farm upstate. The good news is, however, you just got the most hardcore goth playpen on the block. Yeah, I bet it does feel familiar, sweetie. I bet it does feel familiar. Speaking of questions about cartoon characters and whatnot, I think it's weird that years and years ago, both Disney and Warner Brothers seemingly had a mandate where they were like, ducks are assholes. In case you're wondering what I'm talking about, both Daffy Duck and Donald Duck, cartoon characters from the same era, and yet they are both portrayed as major pricks who never win any of their cartoons. And they're both ducks. Which makes me think that there was like a weird guy in a boardroom somewhere being like, no, we have to show these web foot fucks who's boss. I've always been like, what is the beef with ducks? Like... Was there a duck at the time that was like going around and having affairs with all the women of all the wives of the men who worked in the animation studios? I've heard of getting cuckolded, but getting duckholded? Now I've seen everything. Fun fact, I don't care what your favorite joke of the night is, that will be the thing that you think of when you go to sleep tonight. When you lay your head down on your pillow going to night-night land, you will wake up with a start and go, duck holding, why? Why would a grown man say that in a microphone? And it'll puzzle you to the day you fucking die. <laughs> I was looking at pornography on the internet recently. It's there if you know where to look for it, guys. But I was, I was on a site and I was, uh, I was perusing the MILF section, which is a very fun phrase to say. And uh, I stopped at a video because it was simply titled, Friends Mom Was Sad. <laughs> now, that seems less like the title of a porn clip and more like the shitty excuse that guy gave when his friend found out he was fucking his mom. Hey, Brad, have you been fucking my mom, dude? Whoa, 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 Derek, 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 Derek. In my defense, she was down in the dumps. <laughs> oh, why didn't you say that in the first place? Okay, I get, thank you, Derek, I appreciate that. Yeah, mom's been real sad ever since dad left when he found out that she's been fucking all my friends, so thanks for taking one for the team there, Derek. On that same website, I saw a banner ad for another pornographic website, which was very interesting because it was the ad featured Archie from Archie Comics, not your hot abbed out Riverdale Archie, no. 
like cartoon ass Archie. Like the guy who's such an Americana cartoon that he probably has a hot dog for a dick. <laughs> and he was, I guess you could say, making love to Jessica Rabbit from Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? That's weird enough. The text on this ad read, this site will, and I'm quoting here, will destroy your marriage. <laughs> yeah. I'm under the pretense that if you have a marriage that can be destroyed through the simple act of watching cartoon crossover pornography, you didn't have much of a marriage to begin with. That shit was clearly hanging on by a thread. Also, is that covered under irreconcilable differences? Or does this poor woman have to write in in her divorce papers, caught my husband watching Betty and Veronica go down on Marvin the Martian? You have made me very horny. Very horny indeed. Those, those Looney Tune porn impressions get them every time, baby. Every time. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get another lawsuit about copywriting fucking... Warner Brothers is going to send... First Universal, now Warner Brothers. I am fucked legally, you guys. How you doing? I feel like I wish I had some of that... Uh, some of that big dick energy. You know what I'm talking about? Some of that BDE. That's what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah, that BDE. It's bullshit. It's propaganda. Do not listen to it. See, these guys with their big dicks, they have all this false confidence because they think they're good at sex. But the truth is, they're not good at it. It's just that they have cocks so big that they can just flop around like a dead fish and still get a positive result. And they don't know the difference between a skill and an attribute. <laughs> Basically what I'm saying is, a guy with a big dick is the sexual equivalent of putting a fat kid in the goalie position in Little League Hockey. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, you cover most of the net. You're bound to get a couple of those pucks there, Goldberg. <laughs> also, I know that even if I had a dick the size of a lamppost, I would still have all my insecurity and my self-loathing. It would just now be about my weird big dick. <laughs> I'd be walking around going like, oh man, I'm gonna be late and I gotta fold this thing up still. I'll probably slam it in a car door or something. Just my luck getting a big dick like this. <laughs> that is it for me. Thank you guys so much. You guys have a good night. All right, give it up again for Luke Swisher. We are about to start the Q&A. You guys have your questions ready? Yeah! All right, let me welcome back to the stage tonight's comics. 
Give him a round of applause. Right. I actually need you guys' help. So we have, we have two gift bags from the garden. These have some really hot shit in them. Anyway, these bags are fun. Ask a good prize, you get one, or a chance to be on the podcast. What is a, uh, tell me this, let's get weird. You guys, you know, this doesn't have to be like true to life or whatever, but like what is the weirdest sex position you've ever thought up about trying? I knew you would have something. I mean, I haven't thought about trying it, but it's one of the only weird ones that I'm like, I get it, which I guess would be a blumpkin. Just because I'm like, ah, those are two good things, right? At the same time, that probably works. But I, have, uh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> As someone who's done that, uh, it's not ideal. And uh, don't. Don't do that. Don't do it. It's terrible. I'm actually a giant prude. Oh yeah. <laughs> no. Um. Um. Probably. I don't think it's gross. I think it's just something great. I've always wanted to um just have sex with a bunch of paint on a canvas, which I I think you can do now. Like millennials made it happen. I think they call that the Halsey. Hmm. I like that. My one current music reference I can get. Wow, that's an amazing. Uh, yeah. Now that's on my list. <laughs> All right, you guys got any questions? All right, Sam's got a question. Who is your favorite comedian in the Columbus scene? I would say, and if I have a feeling that no one would disagree that Leslie Battle's my favorite. She is pretty phenomenal. Suck up. Suck up. She's also my comedy godmother, so that's something else. Uh, no, she's just consistent. I mean, like, she's, I've never seen her bomb, and she's just fucking a really incredible personality. And so if you ever get a chance to see her, See her name, fucking whatever the money, just pay it, go see her. She's incredible. I'm going to kiss some more ass too. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I'll say Angie Healy. She's performed here before. She's got more energy on stage than I will ever have in my whole life. And also uh, booked me for shows based solely on that Marvin the Martian joke, which <laughs> made me love her so much more. Um, I'm going to go with Brooke Huffer. If you've ever seen her, she tells really long stories that are fucking to die for. She makes me so happy. I love Brooke. I'm going to add another one. Brooke Cardis is also incredible. Um, I mean, she's just raised so much money and has been such an advocate for so many people that she's... And she, what was her, chart, her album was number one on iTunes. Yeah, three albums. One of them was number one in iTunes for a long time. Like, she's incredible. And if you want to see both Angie Healy and Brooke Cardis uh, for the live audience, uh, next week I'll be doing their show at Two, uh, two Truths. So, uh, shameless plug. <laughs> nice. All right, who's got another question? All the way in the back. All right, I'm not going to ask you what your uh, biggest embarrassing moment was because that's cliche. But what is the failure that inspired you to do comedy? <laughs> okay. Um, marrying my husband? <laughs> no, he, um, he started doing comedy before me, and I couldn't go to a bar another time and watch him do comedy without doing better than him. So, that. <laughs> 
I guess mine's more of a failure in retrospect because the thing that uh, made me want to do comedy was I saw uh, Bill Cosby's special when I was very young and I loved it. And so now that's more of a like, oh, so you want to do comedy because of that guy, huh? <laughs> And again, I'm like, I was like fucking five years old. And so that's always my response when people like try to give Louis C.K. credit because it's like, hey, man, he's one of my favorites. It's like, I fucking watched Bill Cosby when I was five and I was still able to cut that guy off. So like, <laughs> I'm sorry that you saw Louis when you were 14 and you can't fucking like expunge that. Whatever. Sorry. <laughs> I'm woke. <laughs> oh, Okay. Okay, straight white man. Uh, <laughs> let's calm down a little bit. Yeah, a lot more, more privilege to get to. Uh, now, I, the moment I failed most of my life, but uh, my <laughs> when I was younger, I didn't buy clothes for myself because I was a kid. And my mother has zero sense of style whatsoever. And I remember she came home before my dad was like, I'm taking over the reins of this shit. She came home and she bought me an outfit. She's like, it all matches, but it was a brown shirt and brown pants with brown socks and brown shoes and a brown belt. I was, it was my poop outfit and I wore it at least twice. And then my dad was like, we can't go to the church like this. No. And then I was like, but I like the attention. So after that, I'm like, I'm going to do things that uh, should never be done in public. Very nice. All right, next question. Who's got me? All right, Tiffany's got one. Do you still get as anxious now as you did when you first started before you go on to perform? Has it, like, gotten any better? <laughs> well, it's evolved. Um, anxiety and I are good friends. No, um... I think it's gotten a little bit easier, but when you really care about what you're doing, like you're recording it or it's a contest, I think it's almost as bad as the first time. You just care too much. You just shouldn't care in anything. That's kind of the lesson. Don't fucking care. Woo! Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I spent all day uh, just being angry and uh, worried. So if that tells you anything, but yeah, but then I then I got here, and once once you're in the company of other comedians and you're talking, hey, don't fucking shrug at me, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. Oh, okay. <laughs> but no, yeah. When, once you're in like the once you're in the presence of other people who are doing it, and you know them, and you can just kind of like you know you make each other feel better just by being around each other. That helps a lot. Uh, it doesn't get better. Um, <laughs> no, my, my my point being that, like, I we were talking about this before, that, like, the jitters don't go away. Like, it doesn't get easier. I think because we know what it feels like to bomb, and we know what it feels like when the thing that is supposed to kill doesn't do anything. Um, but I think the thing that gets easier is that we know how to recover from it better. And so we know, like, oh, this isn't going well. Pivot, go to something else. And that's partially better but it still sucks but like in general it doesn't get easier so <laughs> all right we got our first uh unboxing i got a i got a cocksicle yeah i got um happy rabbit sex dice and lube and a little paddle Little paddles are great. There's there's more, and it's 
and it's and it's varied and different. So keep thinking. I'm gonna go ahead and give you guys another example. Since I want blue, I'm gonna go real like G, like G-rated. No, 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 no. What was your favorite childhood toy? Oh God. Um. <laughs> what? I don't know. Legos? I don't fucking know. I because I could build them. I don't really have an answer for this. Legos is an appropriate. It's answer. a good answer because it's it's kind of not because I can do whatever I want with it. I don't know. Fucking just here you do. It. <laughs> um, I was big. I, I I don't know. I uh, it's probably a, a precursor to my anxiety. I would uh, I would always like have a small toy of some kind and just hold it in my hand just constantly. Even when I would go to sleep, my mom would have to come into my room and take like the toy out of my hand, and it was either. It was, either, it was either a Batman, uh, a little Peter Rabbit figure that she had painted, or a little Santa Claus figure that she had painted. Why the fuck are you laughing? The, the idea of, like, child, you crushing this toy. <laughs> crushing the little Peter Rabbit. All right, fuck me. Go ahead, Natalie. Oh, I had this horrendous-looking um, stuffed uh, Iago toy from Aladdin stuffed animal and he had like felt teeth and I couldn't sleep without him and I'm just like oh my god I couldn't sleep as a child without Gilbert Godfrey <laughs> 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 I still have him <laughs> Natalie it's time for us to go to sleep here lies Rory Eustace <laughs> He was gay, but he wasn't like super gay. All right. <laughs> Next question. We need a we need a person. Tell us about the worst audience member while you were performing. <laughs> Currently, everyone has the same story. <laughs> I can't honestly think of any. I've seen really bad ones while other people are performing, like a really, really, really racist like chick in flannel that got kicked out of Bossy Girl. I I can't think of any. It did happen a lot of Bossy Girl. What are you doing here? <laughs> Get out of here! <laughs> this is a titty bar. Um, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Uh, I guess it's not a specific one for me, but whenever there's like a very, especially when it's a very large bar, like a shrunken head, if any of you guys have been there, and the people who take up the front two tables or whatever are the ones that just want to talk to each other the whole night, because it's just like, you have the entire fucking bar. Why, 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 what are you doing? Like, see, not funny. What's the question? The worst audience member? Yeah. My mother, uh, she, I, God bless her. She tried, but, uh, I did this most of the same set. I did the whole fetish joke and dog fucking joke and all this whole thing. And my mom was like, I'm going to come to your show. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, sure. She's heard most of this, but she fucking put on a dress. It was at a bar. It was really shitty, but put on a dress. She put in curlers cause we're in the Midwest. And she showed up, and they did the whole joke, and she just hands in her, like, face in her hands. And the, during the show, she 
did that. I was like, oh, I've disappointed my mother. She's like, I'm not disappointed. I'm just embarrassed. I was like, oh. It's like another level. Yeah, that was like, I shouldn't come home tonight. Like, first there's the, like, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. And then there's, I'm not disappointed. I'm just embarrassed. Also, one of the, one of the few times my mother saw me do comedy, uh, I, I was told afterwards that, uh, I think it was Tom Plute told me that uh, he heard me going through one of my bits and then he heard somebody in the audience just go, okay. <laughs> And my mom says that wasn't her, but I don't fucking buy that for a second. <laughs> All right, uh, Ben, you had one. This isn't a question, it's kind of a request. You have to personify yourself as an inanimate object, I mean, whatever inanimate object you choose, and then you have to psychoanalyze yourself as to why you chose that object. Okay. Wow. You, you, guys, you guys need a second? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What what inanimate object would you make yourself, and then why would you do that? Let's see if this is. Show. I guess uh, I'd be a beanbag chair, cause I'm very round, and I let people just fucking trample all over me. But if they do, it's very bad sex. I would be a biodegradable doggy poop bag. I am very environmental friendly and um, helpful, but um, I'm still full of shit. I'd be like a stuffed giraffe or something like that. Yeah, just like tall and impressive, but you get up close, you're like, nah, that's not real. <laughs> that can't be right. And you got a black tongue. He's got a black tongue. What the fuck is that? Should we feed it? Nah, let it die. It's fine. <laughs> soft. I'm very soft. There you go. <laughs> this, is all, this is all glorious. All right. I, I did. I was waiting for a guy for this one. <laughs> All right. It, this is a blow yo. It's something you blow and then it comes back to you and you have to blow it again. Whoa, I, it's a stroker. <laughs> More dice. Uh, they're fun to use. You should try it. The rest is, is probably going to be somewhat similar, but there is a lot of lube for you there. Something to keep myself occupied for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Garden, for the fun shit. All right, I need one more question. When was the first time that you realized comedy could be a viable option for you? Well, we haven't aborted it yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know that that's happened yet. <laughs> It sure is fun. It's been uh, it's been a wild almost six years now. I mean, I don't know that it's like necessarily a viable option, as it is like my only option. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have a fucking creative writing degree, so it's not like I have anything to fall back on. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, now I have a master's. What the fuck am I doing? I have no idea what's going on. I own like a condo in debt. Uh, no, and this is gonna get really cheesy, but like I think the moment I realized that it was 
it mattered. I, viable is a weird word, right? Because viable, like, I can, can't fucking live on this. I'm not, never going to. But, like, that it mattered was probably the time that, like, when we did the show at Bosco's and it was for LGBT and we did, like, a fundraiser. Then I realized that, like, oh, this doesn't have to be, like, just for me. We can actually, like, do, even if it's, like, $200, like, we can do something with it. And it fucking paid off, so. Yeah. yeah. All right, have you guys enjoyed Lampshade Media Presents Live tonight? <laughs> Thank you guys for coming out. Thank you guys for uh, making us laugh all fucking night. And, uh, you know, you don't, you don't have to stick around, but I'm going to be here pretty late, so. <clears throat> I think we got more beer in there, even. So, anyway, thank you guys. Have a good night. This program is produced by Lampshade Media. Hosted by Mel Milliman. Music by Tyson Shipman. Graphic design by Griffin Browning. Social media by Sam Welch. Voiceover by Ryan Branch. And a special thank you to our sponsors, Paddy Wagon Food, Platform Brewing Company, and The Garden. <laughs> <laughs>